Hello and welcome to the Double Take Podcast with your hosts, Kirk and Kevin Weber. This is the show for fans of Apple Gaming and Sports. Please join us now on Double Take, an Apple Gaming Podcast. All right. Well, Happy New Year, everyone, and welcome to Double Take, uh, the 41st episode here. I'm Kirk Weber. And I'm Kevin Weber. And uh, we thank you again for joining us, or if this is your first time, welcome. A couple topics, you know, more on the kind of APA gaming and um, kind of things that are going on with this hobby in our lives Um, we have a few different segments that we thought we'd talk about. And one of the first things I thought we might jump right into is the fascinating uh, recent This Week in APA podcast episodes by John Aslan and company uh, with Fritz Light. Um, And uh, I think they've had three episodes so far. Mm -hmm. And it's kind of the history of APA. Uh, Fritz Light was eventually the person who took over for Dick Sites after uh, he kind of left well he died you know but when he was done as the main you know first president and so he has a lot of things that he was around and aware of and it's pretty cool and then you've taken kind of the opportunity too kevin to kind of go back and and listen and catch up with all the different episodes right yes i have and um mr light is very interesting he was a also a recent uh participant in one of the last couple of um uh, Apple conventions down in, in Alpharetta and he's just a, a, a funny guy and, and a good speaker a good storyteller um, and really kind of delves into the you know insights in, into you know how certain products were were uh, developed I find it particularly interesting when we're looking at things like because we're in the BBW now and how that was um, how that came about. And they, they even had like a partnership early on with like random house. Of course, they didn't really promote the game as well as, as he thought maybe they could have. I mean, you know, like he talked about the advertising, like, Oh, we're going to advertise in baseball digest. He's like, okay, you know, how much is a, how much is a, a, a full page ad? And they gave him some figure that was pretty good in my mind. He's like, how about a half page? actually how about a quarter page and he's like okay yeah this is only going to go so far i mean right <laughs> we love bbw now um but just the idea that the thing still exists is pretty amazing especially since um the the kind of coding and dos based coding that it was back in the mid 80s um it's just to have it around and any updates at all and they've recently done one um is something to be not take it taken lightly at all right you to know? cherish that it's still you know, workable. Yes. And it's still a very fun, um, great program that a lot of people get a ton of enjoyment out of. And it's very um, flexible. You know, there's lots Mm -hmm. of things that can be done with it. And uh, other people that have computer programming skills that have added things to it for their leagues and whatever that they're trying to do. Um, But he also mentioned on there that it was when it came out, it was around the time that um, micro league baseball came out and you and I, got a hold of well our dad did anyway and we love that game i mean it was like the first computer type game it wasn't the first computer baseball game we've had some of those where you know it's just 
no name player and you got a pitcher and you just try to hit the button at the right time and you hit a home right. run. Right. You could have done that on an Atari or something. Yes. You know. But it had like real players. So I remember playing like 75 Reds and 61 Yankees or something like that. And you had all the players and their stats and they they tried to perform in a certain way. And of course we were in the APA at that point, the card and dice. And that was our first experience with computer game. And we loved that thing. Now the thing um it was it took everything by storm for a while, but I think the um the detrimental thing is it didn't have the capacity like BBW does to keep all the stats and wasn't redone every year with like new players and all that kind of stuff. And it really could have mm-hmm. done it. I, I, I think also think that, a, another thing is like there's more realism with uh, the, the the formulas through an Apple product yes, compared to that. Definitely you know? more realistic and more um, – you know, the players perform more the way that they should. And there's more to it, you know, to the game and the coding and everything because it's based on the master game, which is a wonderful game. Um, But if BBW somehow could have had more of the graphics like micro league, and then it kind of kept obviously the same game type engine that it still has, um, it could have really gotten even bigger. And I think would have been pretty cool but you know i'm mean, yeah. not trying to rip on bbw but it, it does lack in the graphic quality and always right. has okay right I mean, there was more in animation for, in that yeah, but and ernie harwell i mean they went in for the announcement which you know for true right. baseball fans we all love that but you know for a kid now if you if you want a 15 year old to like bbw that's a tough sell nowadays i mean you can find many app-based games on their phone that are way better quality graphically than that. I mean, let's say there was a BBW app on your on your iPhone or Android. Yeah, well, I would think that was cool, but that would not sell at all. Okay, nobody would do anything with that. Right, yeah. I mean, uh, but I do, I mean, one of the things I, um, you know, I listen, I've, I'm now, as you mentioned, all caught up with all the podcasts. And, and so there's a few things that keep popping in my head. And one of them was, um, I love listening to John Hurston because the, he's trying to get Apple Go to be um, BBW, to have the BBW quality stuff, you know, more master game things. And, and not mm-hmm. necessarily, okay, it's not really BBW. I, I'm just saying it's more master game. Like I, I can see in the future that it's not going to be ABCDs, ACs and all that. It's going to be 31 pitchers or, you know, <laughs> not 31, but, you know, like, a, you know, you have a 19 pitcher or 17 and, right. and then, you know, all those kind of factors in there and the left, right splits will matter more and all the things that people like about BBW and master game, they're going to try to continue to work those in there and make that. And, but the big thing I think they need to do and the thing, the BBW, I think the, the reason BBW is still around is because it's easy to do for leagues and easy to keep stats and statistics. Right. And so they're trying to do that. I know they have some of those things with Apago, uh, but if they can maintain that, if they can make it easy to run a league and it's all right there, they yep. got They, they yep. got it. Okay. Right. If, um, if you can I have know standings. Trying to do that. And, it takes yeah. a lot of money in programming and, and all that. I understand the difficulties. But that if they get that, man, they're gold. That's what they need to do. Right. Well, and the beauty is um, there's there's um, people that would go to that because they feel there's a confidence um, with the reputation of APA mm-hmm. gaming and the, the cards originally, but the formula that they use um, would help. You know, like, I mean, it, like people like, okay, yeah, I, I can go with this. You know, that that's where we're at. Um, there's a little less ownership, perhaps, with those sorts of things. It's more account-based yeah. and stuff. I mean, I know some people in our uh, league that we're in, Leg, 
Um, still like to buy the discs of the current season and not just download it and stuff, you know, which is just extra CD-ROM sitting around and stuff. Um, so, so, you know, there's some people that are, because, you know, you do have an older uh, fan base, older yeah. customer oh, base. Yeah. Um, but but I do think that something like App Go could, um, it's it could apply more to younger Ish. It is the future of the company. And if they can get that set, you know, for the baseball, because baseball is the flagship of the company. I mean, there's a lot of other great products that they have. But if they can get that going, of course, people are like, well, you can do football and this and that. Well, I'm sure they'd love to. America, that costs money. First, they got to get baseball set. They get that done. Then I think that they'll be in good shape um, to maybe do football next. I know people would like like to see him do hockey or soccer or whatever, but that's nowhere near. Um, so yeah, I mean, there's some interesting stuff, and they've had three episodes with Fritz Light and that uh, the history of Apple, and we're both you know right history, uh, as well. We love that stuff. Um, they've had three, and I know they're going to have at least a fourth one, maybe another one, but I know they have another one coming in a couple of weeks. Very interesting stuff. Um, learning about the the company in you know right how it survived now some know? of the other things you heard and it's been a topic we dove into a few other times on a couple other past episodes is um bringing back a new apple basketball product yes and you've been listening to things and you so were over about, the last year and a half episodes which i listened to all in about a two-month span <laughs> okay so um john you know john herson the the president of apple um, has always been considered, he's been considering this for a few years. The The pandemic in 2020 slowed it way down, okay? They, they've done research. They've, you know, maybe have some mock-ups or something, I, I assume. I don't know for sure, but they've, they've really looked into mm -hmm. it. I mean, it's a it's a legit thing, all right? Yeah, I mean, he kind of alluded to that when we interviewed him. Yes. You know? But his big concern is the marketability, which I completely understand because he's running the business and there's no use producing things that don't sell, Okay. Um, and I think he looks at it through the, the lens of the NBA and the NBA, you know, does well, of course, as a league, we know it does, it makes its money, but there isn't, um, a huge following uh, throughout the country is he wants a, a, a monster great season that, that everybody's like, they're just so enthralled with the NBA and it's just really taken off, you know, kind of like it was in the early eighties with magic and bird, you know, if you had something mm -hmm. like that and, Everybody was so into it, even if the, they weren't your teams. And then you want to buy those games. So he hasn't seen that. And he's not, he's probably not going to come out with anything unless that happens. Yeah. And so I, I can understand that. I mean, but personally, I think I, I, I really think a basketball game would do great. And, yeah. um, and I think it's not just the NBA. I think college basketball would be great. Can you imagine if it was a fairly quick playing game that you could play a game, let's say in 45 minutes or less. Right. That would be great. I don't know how it would go. Cause we know the football and the hockey and everything can take a while. So it's probably going to be an hour plus game, but if it was fast and you could like replay an NCAA tournament. Right. Or the, you know, like he released the sweet 16 and you could do that for whatever year you wanted to do that mm -hmm. oh my goodness that would be well awesome. and if people got into it i mean we have baseball tournaments and other things but like to have a basically a real like march madness tournament 
with the actual card that oh, would be yeah. the coolest well, that thing. too like if you just i'm i mean i guess you could do it let's say you had um yeah you, it's always single elimination but like if you had 64 teams yes we done it one game you show up on a saturday okay you know you're a 16 well, well i would think that, no. <laughs> i would think that you would have two teams like yeah. you'd have a higher seed yeah, you get higher half seed and yeah. a lower half seed you know yeah and um and see what you can do you know that's crazy you could do some fun stuff oh there's a lot of creative things you could do with that so i look at it more on the college thing that people really like and there's all kinds of people that love their college basketball all over the country you know right and really the nba is like if your team's doing really well you're into it and if not then you're like "Eh, okay whatever you know right we love the pistons but you know they're not that good right now and Okay, would I like to go back and buy the bad boy piston sets and try to do whatever with that? Yeah, that'd be right. fun. But right now, I don't really care. But, you know, um, to replay the Big Ten season, or I think just the concept of like, I, I don't, you cannot release all 64 teams or not, what is it, 68, whatever the heck it is now that makes the tournament. You'd have to do like a sweet 16. I think that's doable. And there's just stats out there. It, it could be done that way if the game, of course, we got to see what kind of game it is. Okay. Right. But I feel very confident that the company could produce a good basketball game. They've done I that believe, with hockey and, yeah. and soccer. I know they can do it with basketball. If, if John Herson and, and his people came out with a basketball game, it would be good. Yes. Uh, you know, like if they decided. He knows the flaws of the other one. And everybody knows the the historic, you know, tragedy of the original basketball game. Well, right. if you don't, you should look it up. But um, that it took forever. It was hard to play one quarter in, in two hours, you know. Um, so they, they've got it figured out, you know. Because right. there's a lot of similarities between, you know, a flow of a game and soccer and hockey to basketball that they can make it work. Right. I'm sure they would make a good product. It's a matter of it selling. But I also think out of all the sports that you're looking at that they offer, um, you know, the 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 thing that's popular with a younger generation of potential customers. I mean, football people, you know, kids like too. Um, but baseball is kind of an older guy kind yeah. of. I, mean, I know women get into it, too, but, you know, older person thing. But basketball is more youthful. It is. Yes. I mean, so and I think I that's know helpful. That there's a younger person maybe would like a more, you know, a video game or some other kind of thing like that and be a jam or whatever the heck. But I think that there's people all over this country that would really like it. Pac-12 fans, man, they would buy it. SEC fans, I know Kentucky and everybody, they got team. ACC obviously would. You know, there's Big 12. You know, I mean, Big East, you know, they would like that Big Ten for sure. I mean, there's a lot of marketability for college basketball more so than NBA. Well, and I think like when some people go, why doesn't Gonzaga play some better competition? Well, then you could actually like have them play the competition. Yeah, like how would Gonzaga do in the Big Ten or the ACC? Well, there you go. Right. Have them play and see how it comes out. And and I know that be interesting. I know that part of the the thoughts are about like competing with video games. So that, that's always going to be out there. The Xbox, the PlayStation stuff and switch and whatever else people have, but you can go into any, uh, you can go into game stores, comic book stores that sell games, bookstores that have board games, board games and card and dice things are part of our culture have been that way and for a long time. There's a youthful 
youth movement in that too. There's lots of 20 somethings and 30 somethings that play um, some of these big time newer and now a little bit older board games. You know, right. I mean, there, there is a niche for that. Um, that's not a video thing. So, I mean, I think that there is a market there for new customers. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. new it's no different than somebody like, you know, like you and I and younger people do this too, who, yeah, we have digital ways of listening to music, but we also have vinyl, you yes. know, um, you know, yeah. Is that a little, you know, probably not as convenient as maybe, um, you know, newer ways of doing it. Yeah. But there's, cer- there's certain other things that people find rich about it. And, um, and I think that that's the case. Like, I mean, it's like, can you play a card game on online or a solitaire or something like that? Yeah, you could do that. Is it kind of fun to just have the cards and put them out on a, on a table and, and do that? Yeah. People, sometimes yeah. they like to do that. So I think that you, you always have to kind of keep that in mind too. But that's good stuff. I hope that other people, I mean, I hope people listen to our podcast, of course, but um, I would say that if you're into APA podcasts, you should yeah, also you listen to This Week in APA, especially yeah. since, you know, the the voice of the company is often frequently a guest on there. And um, he's the one that knows what's going on. It's like interesting stuff because people, you'll see people on, you know, the Facebook pages or other message boards complaining or asking about something like are they going to do more pre-1900 seasons no they're not if you listen to this week in apa yeah. they did 1883 way back in the day actually it was um dick sites i believe that did it or no no it wasn't sites it was it was a uh, light that did Chris it light did it yes and um people said well you're going to regret that because you know people are going to and he doesn't they will never do it anymore why it's just too hard for the statistics right okay to be accurate with it in that those different rules and so that's not going to happen. You know, like you get certain questions like that answered. And he like will answer stuff about football. You know, are you going to do this such and such season, you know, from 1942 or whatever? You don't have any stats for it. It's really hard to get them. Right. They want it to be accurate. There's no use right. doing it if you cannot have some accuracy. Right. And that's why I'm thankful that they did the um, Negro Leagues and you and yeah. I recently um, have been looking at the BBW Negro League cards, which are basically the same cards that you get for the print stuff. Um, and it's great. I mean, I love it. But the Negro Leagues are very hard to put. But I think I think because of the historical nature and the uh, kind of the revisiting of Negro League baseball and its place in professional baseball and how it's part of the stats now in an MLB and all that, it's important to have Negro League cards and players but still difficult, still challenging. They didn't play as many seasons stuff, but there's some monster cards that are available through those Negro yes. League teams. And I think that's really important for APA to have that set because now they are considered part of Major League Baseball, you know, right. like the historical record. And so, um, you know, the company prides itself on having all the sets from 1901 on and, you know, Soon they'll have everything from 54 on everybody carded and all that kind of stuff. Um, so you need the Negro League set in there. And the guy that helped develop that, he was, I don't know, I forget his name. I should remember, but you can look it up. He's on, he was on this week in, in APA and uh, he presented the stuff at Sabre and mm-hmm. he was helping with that back in the nineties when that set came out. Very fascinating dude. Seemed like a really cool guy and um, helped get that whole 
mm -hmm. uh, product going, you know, which is pretty cool. And it's, it's very good that it's there. It should be. I think there's lots of rich things that you can explore when it comes to Negro League baseball history. I'm, I'm right now I'm reading a book called Sugar Ball uh, that's about uh, basically 1937 uh, when um, and it's a true story that was researched, you know, kind of like historical fiction um, where there was through the eyes of like a 12 year old bat boy, basically. And in in real in the real situation, um, you had Satchel Paige, Josh Gibson and Cool Papa Bell were asked to come over, you know, basically ha have a team and go to the Dominican Republic and pay play for um rafael trujillo right you know right. who was like this super crooked kind of nasty dude but they didn't know but they were getting paid a lot of money and basically it's kind of this crazy adventure that they have but also kind of gives you an in kind of a interesting look into 1937 and kind of negro league baseball um it's interesting you know like i mean i i'm looking at like looking into more of those things i mean i enjoy i'm i i'm a saber member um, and I like the publications that they come out with and they have a couple guys, um, Mark Wend Wendling and Derek Bain are the kind of two chairs for the Sabre baseball games and simulation committee, which is exactly what anybody might be listening to this podcast or other Apple related things. Cause it's tabletop, it's fantasy, it's console, it's PC games. I believe they had some stuff with with Saber and Appa at the Hall of Fame recently. Yeah, they said they were going to play. They were trying to work that out with the football and baseball stuff, right? Um, and you know, so Saber, you know, like there's a certain history to um, tabletop fantasy console PC electronic baseball, um, and people are taking a closer look at that, you know, and um, so it all kind of blends together, you know. Yes, um, for sure. It, it's fun. Um, the other thing we saw as far as history, and then we'll take a quick break and come back and maybe talk a little leg and stuff, um, is um, there was a thing in the recent, one of the more recent Apple newsletters about a card set being sold on eBay for $3,500. Um, a mini or card set. now for five grand if you want it. Free shipping, could, free shipping. Oh, shipping's free. So that's a bargain. Uh, it's a mini set of 1952 cards um, for uh, that came out. It was like very rare. You know, in 1953, Dick Seitz offered this mini set of 52 baseball cards uh, that included 75 players cards from the 52 season who didn't have a card in 51. And if you don't know the history of APA, basically, this is the beginning of APA, basically, like uh, when the cards start coming out. Um, and so there, this was being sold on ebay for a lot of money <laughs> so it, it it the sale i didn't see any bids on it when we looked at it and we can put like a link to this in the in the notes if you want to follow this along but um i don't know if there was it was sold offline or something yeah, or it's still available took it off i don't know but it was it did not sell on ebay nonetheless all right um, some interesting cards on there, like you got a Mickey Mantle card, and he's like a, a four seven one kind of card. Okay, Willie Mays has got a, a three six one kind of card on there. Minnie Minoso's got an interesting card, a five six three card. Now I'm talking eleven thirty three sixty one. Yes, yeah. is of course right, but they have like the um, it says based on the nineteen fifty card set, first Apple baseball game. Um, and they were missing certain players, right? So a select card of, of 
for the 52 edition based on the 51 cassette. Yes. So they, they have like the little information sheet in there too. So it's on the, you know, the, the old stock with the old type font that they had for those original single column cards. Of course, they didn't have any double column cards at that point. Um, so pretty interesting. Um, yeah. I don't, I mean, there is collectability in Apple cards, very niche, of course. Yeah. Um, like, would I like to have that? That'd be cool. Yeah, I don't need to spend. Yeah, grand I, I, I don't stuff. know about. I mean, you'd really have to have, find somebody who really has the money and wants to spend that. I mean, most people who seem to buy the cards want to use them for gaming. These look like they're in good shape too. Like right, but I would say if you spent that much money, you'd have to put them each in a sleeve and try yeah. to protect them, you know, or something. Um, which is a little. I mean, my I've question seen, is: Let's say you got it for thirty five hundred bucks, and uh, is it gonna still be worth thirty five hundred bucks? I don't in think 10 so. Years? I don't think so. I don't know if you know you're. I mean, if you're doing that for an investment, then you should it should at least maintain or or improve um its price in time, right? And I don't know if that's the case. I'd be curious to know um, what listeners think about the collectability of things like Apple cards. Yeah, I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not talking like collecting just to have. I'm talking collecting as an investment or their value. Like baseball card, like when you. Like, There's a lot of value, sentimental value, but yes. um, but I don't know if that 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 gets beyond sentimental value. That gets into financial stuff, you know. Um, I know that there's people out there and people who we've talked to over, the, you know, episodes who have huge collections of cards and stuff, but how much are they really worth? You know, yes. um, probably and, not and as much as value too. Like, let's say, for example, Kirk, I'll pose this question to you. 1987, Alan Trammell, his best year, should have won the MVP and everything. Right. We had back in the day, that original card. Yep. Okay, it's a wonderful card. Great card. Now, now you probably have, oh, you know, like in your all-time great things or whatever, a reproduced version of that card. Does it make a difference to you if you had the original or not? Not really. Me neither. Yeah. When I look at the card, I still think of that great season and the stuff Alan Trammell did and, and brings back that nostalgia. But I don't need the actual 1987 card to do that. Right. Now, I know other people might be different, but that's the way I look at it. I mean, we played, you know, we started off with um, our, our friend Derek Barth playing with the 1974 season. Yes. And, you know, there were certain cards in there that were worn, kind of yellowing because they were because they would do drafts before we ever use that set. Um, and others that were pristine because they were not very good players. Lost, that photocopied, whatever. You know, right. You know, so. Something. Yeah, you know, it's just um, kind of how how it goes. Now, I mean, would it be nice to have our an original set of that just sentimentally? Yeah, but nobody else finds value in that. What you find value in isn't necessarily what's going to sell on eBay. Yeah, um, you know. So, but hey, you know, if somebody wants that good, it's great. You know, I'm glad that they're out there and they exist. But I worry. I a do bit. have a original set of 87 cards, not because of sentimental, because they were cheaper and I found them on eBay. Right. right? Yeah. And actually, there's a point for me, like, let's say, because I, I, I thought about replaying the 87 season and different things, which I still might do when, when I retire. But you know what? There's a part of me that wants to like sell that and buy the new ones that are going to be more accurate and have all the players. Right. 
Okay. Right. And so I, I don't know if I even, because I, I know I'd be spending half my time trying to make up cards for guys that aren't there. Right. You know? so, yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, there yeah. there is some advantage to older sets that maybe aren't as accurate, but maybe they're un, um, inaccurate for good reasons that you could use in a tournament. Like maybe they have a little better card. Or if something. I was taking the 87 Tigers to a tournament, I'd want a reproduced set that has more players. Yeah. I would. Yeah. I mean, I yeah. wouldn't want to take that one. I would take the one I have because it's the only one I have. But otherwise, if I had a choice, I'd take the new one, you know? Right. And yeah. I would figure it'd be more accurate too. I mean, I know sometimes guys are, you know, sentimental about single column cards, but sometimes a double column card is better. You know, right. it would be more accurate to what the guy can do. I mean, unless he just got lucky with that single column card and it's ridiculous. Okay. Which, right. you know, there are several examples of that, you know. So, I mean, it's interesting. I, it, it, it you know, when you and I saw that, we thought, oh, we should talk about this on the, on our next episode, just about, um, the another aspect i'm not into appa for trying to make money off of selling cards but yes. and there's not that many that really work for that you know like i mean you're talking things in the 50s maybe 60s probably will be the ones that have value to them by the time you get to the 70s and on it, probably it's going to go down a lot from there you know, I really only think maybe the 50s and definitely the early years, you know, those early 50s, those first sets um, when they had that initial type set and everything. And they were all the single column cards. But after that, I don't know, man. I mean, there, I know there there's always a market. If somebody's willing to pay for it. You know, maybe you can. Maybe they're trying to collect all the original sets or something. Right. There's only a handful of guys that want to do that. I mean, even like that big APA guide that came out with uh, the history of all all the cards that you see every once in a while on eBay that sells for hundreds of dollars. Right. I'd love to have that. I mean, it's online too. You can look at it. It's like hundreds of pages long. Um, Maybe like 800 pages, some ridiculous amount. It's like a, almost like a phone book. All right. Um, That's cool. I like that. I don't want to pay $500 for that thing. Right. I mean, I wish they just reproduce it. I, I'd pay 40, you know, right. and buy it. But, you know, just because I'd like the reference of it, read through it and know the because it, it goes through all the specifics about how the cards change every year. And I find that pretty interesting, you know, mm -hmm. but I don't need to own the, the class. The, like the book itself is almost a collector's item now. It is. Right. I mean, right. And if one pops up on eBay, that thing is going to go, baby. I mean, you right. get one of those and you put it. There's somebody on the uh, Facebook um you know after facebook thing that had one or something well how much does it go somebody said oh it goes for a couple hundred i'm like dude it goes for more than that i mean you can't find one out there right now i mean like if you want if, if i wanted to buy one i couldn't buy one right they're not available it's not because available most apple guys that have them they just want to keep it right, right? yeah they're not so, looking to sell it which shows you a little bit about what we're talking about there yes so but hey you know if there's listeners out there that have a have found investing in APA yeah, like products to, is it is a no. profitable collectible thing i'd like to hear from you well, we'd you love to talk to you where the guys that try to sell the individual cards like on ebay i haven't looked recently you know like they try to you know they they pick a hall of famer rock crew 1978 or 77 or whatever and they're trying right. to sell that card for like ten dollars or something one card and it's like dude it's just a 70s card what are you doing you know right I mean, um, if it was autographed on the back, card. maybe. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Like, yeah. I mean, um, a team is one 
thing, you know? Right. Um, you can make money doing that if you want, if you wanted to sell individual teams, because maybe right. somebody wants to buy like all the Tiger teams or whatever, or they just want the World Series teams or whatever. And you could probably sell those for, um, you can make some money. You could buy the set for, you know, 70 bucks, or whatever the heck it costs now. And you might be able to make 90. Is that really worth it? I don't know. You could. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah. And it's going to be a <laughs> lot of work and a lot of shipping to do that. Okay. Yeah. Uh-huh. But it's possible. So. Yeah. Um, all right. We'll take a quick break and then we'll come back and uh, talk a little bit about our recent uh, dealings in our league um, and uh, wrap up this episode. So please, um, you know, stay with us. Welcome back. Um, I'd like to have a shout out to one of our probably our biggest fans, Dre Corrado. Right. He yes. uh, he um, listens to every episode and enjoys it. And um, we'd like to get him back on. And I think we will soon. Um, you know, we just got to work out a time to uh, record with him. Um, and he just, you know, he he enjoys running uh, BBW leagues and baseball. And he does that for a living too, with, um, his, his actual job. Um, so he does a really good job with stuff. And I, I would say that, um, since we've started doing this podcast, having, you know, en encountered different people in the APA world, um, has been cool and stray definitely has impacted that and made the enjoyment of, of this hobby, better you know especially with the website stuff that he does i know with his other couple leagues that he does and he's in leg with us um and our kind of you know sweet you know league that we're in with uh with nick malatesnik as the commissioner and um it's great i mean I, you know i enjoy it a lot we just finished our um draft um for season three we're about to begin the 162 game season with 32 teams in the league. And I know everybody probably has leagues that are up and down in different times and stuff. It's a huge undertaking. You know, we have people from around the country, you know, whether it's actually from around North America, you know, because there's people in Canada too, but you know, there's uh, a new owner who's in Delaware. We got people in California. We got people, you know, down in Texas, we got people everywhere, you know, um, and of course, there's a fair amount of us that are kind of from Michigan and stuff too, but you know, Ohio, Illinois, whatever it is. Um, so it's very fun. Um, I know that uh, you and I, you know, we kind of are split into two different divisions. So that's kind of cool. And yes. um, and we had the benefit of um, just kind of like looking at the draft that took over a week basically to do. Mm -hmm. Um and talking it's about a slow you know, at times yes. yeah it got slow at times it's hard but the cool thing is um one of the other owners in the league who's in some things with uh with stray steve runs our draft through uh google sheet and and slack to uh make it a about as enjoyable as you can get with a draft yes. you know you have live updates on what's happening you know all the time sometimes it's a while between picks but whenever it happens you can find out immediately 
Right. So, yeah. Yeah. So it has a certain kind of fun element to it. I enjoy the drafts. I know some people maybe don't get into it as much as I do. I had, you know, some strategy that we talked about in the last episode where I um, had a lot of draft picks, but I also had a lot of places that I, you know, spots I had to fill. So I traded my first five rounds of draft picks. Um, and I, in looking at it now, I think I made the right move and I think you looked at it and kind of agree with me. And then I was able to build a pretty solid team and one that I think I can, um, based on long-term contracts and stuff, probably, um, it'll work out pretty well. And you feel like you, everybody feels like they improve their team after you start, uh, you know, like you get into a new season and, and everybody, you know, it's kind of that, that, you know. Yeah, you know, everybody thinks they're going to win the championship, you know, or whatever. Um, yeah, so. the, the 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 sun is bright right now. I, my team's better than it was when I started. So, I mean, I guess that's the the point. I, I feel like um, there's a couple other really good teams in my division. Yeah. But I think I can hang with them. Yeah, you know? out, of, out of all four of the divisions, you know, we have American and national kind of traditional way in East and West. There's always a couple good teams you know and of course this is a crazy league where there's so many big time names but just because they have a big name doesn't mean they necessarily have a great year at that moment um but uh but it's been it's been definitely um busy for us on that front um and i know other people do other leagues and stuff too like they do more than one thing (laughs) and um i I, 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 while it's hard I, enough I just one, to focus on one, yeah, you had to. I, split on one hand, focus. I'm like, yeah, I, I, that'd be fun to be in some other thing. Like, I would like to be in a traditional BBW current year league with the the playing with the cards that come from the company. Yeah, um, other than 2020. Yeah, yeah, other than the 2020. Yeah, um, yeah. but I, you know, but that's a lot of that's a lot of work too. You know. Yeah. Um, and I know that there's like Stray has a cool league that he also is involved in that like kind of is a retro kind of deal where they go back and you kind of know what seasons are coming up. And that I know some people that's what they like that, you know, I, I, I don't know if I would enjoy that as much knowing like, well, this guy's going to retire after such and such a year. and yeah. Or like, or, oh, I've got Johnny Benz 1970, but I know 71 kind of sucks. Right. Yeah. You know, but 72 is going to be good. You know, I mean, I guess you can kind of plan ahead a little bit, but to me, that makes it a little bit tougher to trade guys too. Cause it's like, Hey, I'm going to trade you Johnny bench here after 1983. Well, that's his last season. What do you know? Yeah. (laughs) Um, Yeah. So, I mean, I get that. That's, you know, people have different kind of creative ways of organizing it. Um, I, I think I would rather just be in a, Kind of like what you would do with card and dice, but only you're just doing it through like BBW. Yeah. Or I mean, if we ever got really to like, like what we talked about earlier, if yeah. we got to a thing where you did, did an app go thing, that would that would probably be fun in its own way too. Um, but yeah. I like the prospect aspect of like you've got, you know, Akuna or somebody that's a young player and you know, is he going to continue to be good or have that great year? It makes it exciting when you're watching because, you know, you're playing your current year right. and hopefully the player was good, but then he's having a great year and you're like, yes, he's going to be yeah. awesome. Or he gets hurt and you're like, oh man, you know, right. and that's a killer too. Like the thing about oh, like, like Bryce Harper, he was doing so great. Now I'll have him for a hundred right. 
right. stuff. Yeah. Well, so the I thing about Cardin like Apple leagues over the years has been, it's like a, a year removed kind of reward. Like if you are in a fantasy baseball or football or whatever type of league, how they're doing right now matters. matters. Like, you if know, like hurt right now, it always if, matters. if you're, you know, if you, you know, are in a fantasy football and you have Ron Kittle as your quarterback for the 49ers and he's kicking butt, he's kicking butt right now. Okay. But, um, but like, if you have a Kuna, like you were saying, and he's having a good year, then you know that that's going to be something you're going to have the next year, you know? But I think it adds a certain um, element to how you watch the actual sport. Oh, it does. Season, yeah. You know, um, kind of like fantasy sports do, but only it's just a little bit different because you, you get to use it the next season, you know? So, Yeah. I mean, I think it would be fun to get it into that. It easier sometime. to trade guys too, because, or, or not sometimes too, but I think in general it makes trading easier because you can trade on the unknown. Right. Whereas if you're just doing like, hey, we're starting in 1970 and just going from that year, you know, you know yeah. exactly what it is. Right. Everybody knows. You, you can't like, okay, I mean, to, to use the word trick is not very nice, but you can kind of, you could trick somebody or you just get lucky that the guy ends up, you know, being great or not. Yeah. Yeah. Or whatever. Um, yeah. yeah. So there's, so, something- I mean, I think there's something about that. I would, uh, that I think would be fun um, someday to get into, but I guess it just matters when that opportunity. When you retire and have more time. Yeah, for sure. Maybe. Right. I know there's, they do postings on the app, uh, newsletter that comes through the email and stuff and and those sorts of things and i look at those but then i'm like how can, can i fit this I in and really dedicate myself at work now doing my, my leg league i don't yeah. need to waste more time yeah. <laughs> i you know i don't know if i always call it a waste of time it's my hobby right <laughs> yeah, exactly. um, um yeah. <laughs> people are going to waste time doing something right yeah yes. you know I mean, you know, anybody that acts like every second they are so focused, laser focused on everything that they're supposed to be doing is lying to you. I mean, <laughs> you know, I mean, they may be faking it or something. I've but. made a couple of trades here and there at work, you know, right? I have to say I have. Right. <laughs> you know, maybe you did that on your lunch break. I, it was, you know, you know duty free lunch glasses or, you know, whatever. It was on my time, kind of, you know, right. Whatever. Yeah. I gave the time back in another spot, you yes. know, so I got my work done. It's not good. So, so anyway, I hope everybody's, you know, doing well with whatever leagues you may be in. Um, again, um, we don't get much feedback, you know, whether it's through email or voicemails or anything like that. But if people have kind of unique, creative leagues and things that they do, and you wouldn't mind talking to us about it, yeah. um, We'll be glad to talk to or you. Any people. other unique APA related thing that you would like to talk about, reach out to us and we'd be happy to set something up and and talk to you on the show here. Um, particularly if it's a non-baseball thing. We always yeah. are looking for, you know, the hockey and the soccer and the football and the golf and all that kind of stuff too. You know, that's always interesting. Maybe you run an old horse racing APA horse racing league. Yeah. You know, hey, bring that's it the on. thing. Like I, you know, um, listening to the uh, recaps of of the Apple conventions, um, 
you know, they have like a horse racing thing that they do down there and the, they get somebody sometimes brings down the bowling guys come down there with, you know, those old sets and that'd be cool to try that out, you know, or, right. you know, or they have a horse race thing and you can, you know, put down a few bucks on it and, <laughs> right. and see what happens. I mean, that's kind of cool. You know, I, I'd like to, like, we were talking, you know, a little off air here about trying to get down to the app at convention sometime this this year 2023 uh, it's not going to work um because i'll be out of the country but maybe in 24 i mean the, you know i can yeah. try to free up the weekend after after father's day and and you know maybe we can make that happen that'd be pretty cool i'd really like to do that I, i'm sure once i, I do it, i want to do it multiple times but right yeah yeah sure. i would like to do it too um we are gonna have our first when we're gonna be going to the uh, you know, our annual APA tournament in Jackson with Pastor Rich. Um, and you and I decided we're just going to stay the night. Um, and the night before, yeah, yeah, and get there. And I think we, we can mess around with a few APA things and not have. I always worry a little bit since it's in March in Michigan that uh, early March that it, you know, the roads could be rough trying to get there in the morning, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, so we'll see how that goes. But, um, but so that'll be kind of fun and maybe we'll have some networking that we can do. I know some people are there too the day before. Yeah. Um, I think sometimes they have a little dinner or something. Maybe you may, I don't know if we'll get there in time, but yeah, that'd be cool. And that's I mean, always great, you know? Um, yeah. And I, you know, and I know it's going to be different. I um, I know Pastor Rich has been dealing with a lot of personal things with his wife uh, battling cancer and, and stuff like that. And, um, but I think she's, you know, she normally helps provide the, uh, the, uh, work with the the food uh for the lunch that you know we be when we pay our our fees um so she should be there but hopefully she's doing well um but yeah i'm looking forward to that and seeing how that goes and uh seeing a few leggers in there too you yeah. know um so that'll be good so you know more apple stuff as we go but and then the, our league will be starting up and we'll see how that goes see if we're buyers or sellers <laughs> you know yes. yeah I know you're anticipating being a yeah. I, I was a seller at the end of last season and got myself, you know, uh, like six different picks, six picks, or uh, no, three, four, five, seven picks in the first three rounds, and I think I made pretty well on those. And you know, well, obviously the season will tell if I really did or not. But I'm anticipating having a very competitive team. You know, right. I know, you know, I don't. I'm not trying to go into all the details because I know there's a point that people are like, whatever. I don't really care. Yeah. Right. You know? But uh, it's like when people are like, well, my fantasy team's really good. Oh, yeah, that's great, buddy. Whatever. I got this guy got hurt. Oh, well, I don't really care. Right. <laughs> you know, it's like, so, but anyway. Um, but well, I think well, in general, you have to, uh, you get into a league and then you have to decide, you know, um, what, when you need to cut bait, you know, when you need yeah. to start working on the future. It's, or... the game. it's all a big game. I mean, the games themselves, of course, that's what people always think of, but the draft is a huge game and, and fun and the trading and maneuvering is also part of it too, within the rules of the league. And we have a lot of rules in leg, which are, I think are good. It makes it more fun, but you know, it's quite challenging. So, um, finally got a, a grip on all that and we've also you know i've been looking more at the master game and i know that the master game and bbw don't necessarily 100 percent go together but there's a lot of similarities mm-hmm. so we are way more familiar now here going into year three than we were year one 
have a lot better sense of how the cards will play and how certain players will play and what certain things mean that are kind of master game things that are part of BBW, you know? Right. So um, we'll see if that pays off for us, you know? Right. For both of yep. us. We could be wrong, but I, but I know that BBW is based off of the card and dice game. And, and the it always will be part of the engine that is there. Um, so the more familiar you are with the master game and cards and stuff, the probably the better you'll do. I, I think that that's the case. If you can, or the better evaluation you'll make of players and, you know, who's on your team and right. like that. decisions you make trades, mm -hmm. whatever draft picks. And so we've, we've definitely delved into that quite a bit these last few months and we'll see if that pays off for us, you know? Right. Mm -hmm. um, because as everybody knows out there, especially people that can read the cards, and there's a lot of you that, that can, you know, you'll see a card, you know, the guy had, you know, a really good season, but you look at the card and you're like, really? Or you see a guy had a good season, you look at the card and you're like, wow, that's pretty special. You know, I don't didn't anticipate that. Well, that's the same thing in like some of these cards, you know. Right. You know, guys has great stats and you look at the card and you're like, hmm, okay. Or you're like, yeah, the guy's stats are just the average, but I look at this card and this guy should do all right, you know. So mm -hmm. we'll see if that helps us out. I don't know. Right. So. Yep. So um, in the meantime, I hope everybody uh, stays safe and uh, enjoys um, APA and whatever you el else you like to do hobby wise. And um, we'll, we'll, we plan on being back next month with a, with another episode, uh, hopefully with a guest as well. Uh, and in the meantime, um, keep rolling. Double take is recorded using audacity and clean feed. We use Fifine USB microphones and distribute through Anchor.fm. Theme music, Funk in the Trunk, is by Shane Ivers at SilvermanSound.com. Please follow us on Twitter, Facebook, or Instagram at DoubleTakeCast, or email us at DoubleTakeFeedback at gmail.com. Thank you for listening.